Thank you for tuning into the Chapel Valley Church Podcast. Today we wanted to share a special teaching from Pastor Jeremiah Jenin. We hope this message encourages you and builds a deeper level of faith in you. Thank you for joining us and enjoy this message. Good morning, good morning. And again, we just want to say welcome to everyone. Thank you for joining us this morning. And also thank you to those who are joining us online. We're glad and so happy that you are decided to join us this Sunday uh, as we worship the Lord together. Um, just a couple of quick announcements before we head into our message and we continue our series, Life to the Full. Uh, if everybody could take a moment and just take a second to fill out our online welcome card, you can do that at chapelvalley.org slash connect. And there you can uh, fill out your card Fill out any prayer requests that you may have, any testimonies you may have of how God has been good to you, uh, but those help us serve you better. And so if you've never filled that out before, fill that out in its entirety. If you've done it before, all you have to do is put your name and your phone number and you are set to go, all right? So go to chapelvalley.org slash connect and you can do that there. Also, if you have uh, your, a tithe or offering that you would like to bring to the Lord this morning, uh, you can do that online at that same address at the chapelvalley.org slash connect or you can drop your offering in the offering box which is located at the rear of the sanctuary. I'm really excited because today we're talking about how he rescues and provides. How many of you know he is our provider? Amen. And he's the one that we can put our trust in. And so I'm excited to dig into that this morning. And so as we give, let's just give cheerfully. Let's give thankfully knowing that he is the one who provides for our every need. Amen. Amen. And then also just a couple of quick uh, housekeeping announcements. Uh, we have groups that are going to be starting back up the week of October 2nd. Now, groups are our small groups, and it usually consists of anywhere from 5 to about 12 people where we come together and we talk about what God is doing in our lives. We pray for one another. We talk about, we ask questions about Sunday service, and we discuss and we dig into the Word together. And so how many of you know it is more important, in my opinion, it's more important than ever to be together? Amen. And so uh, I want to encourage you, if you are have not been in a group before or maybe you were in groups last year, we're going to be relaunching those. And so be sure, be on the lookout for those and be a part of what God is doing here at Chapel Valley through groups. Also, um, we if you are interested in hosting or leading a group or you just want more information about groups, we're going to be having an informational meeting next Sunday after church. Lunch will be provided. And so if you're like, I'm just here for the free lunch, you're welcome to join us. Come on in. Um, join us for free lunch. Uh, but we're going to talk about what God, what we just have a sense is we've been praying what God wants to do through these groups. And um, as we were praying, he has, the, the Lord has just reaffirmed the importance of these groups and that this is something that we need to uh to make an emphasis, um, as, as the guy that I coach with always says, he says, this, this is our bread and butter. All right. This, this is what I believe the Lord is saying. Groups are our bread and butter. This is what we need to do. And this is what we need to be about. Also on uh, Sunday, October 2nd, uh, following our service, we are going to be having a church membership meeting. 
That is something that we want to be doing on a regular basis. If you consider yourself a church member or maybe you've been a member for a long time or maybe you feel like this is where God has planted you, we want to invite you to join us for this church membership meeting. This is where we're going to talk about what God is asking of us to do, how he is leading us, and really what is your part in that? How are we as a body moving forward in this time? That is going to be Sunday, October 2nd, uh, following service. We will be providing lunch for that as well. We just like to feed people, I think, you know? We just like to feed people. Does anybody here like to eat? Okay, we're going to feed you. We're going to feed you, so be sure to join us on October 2nd, um, and uh, let's dig into how God is leading us in this time. I believe this is a foundational uh, time for us. Amen? All right. Well, we're going to go into our message this morning. And if you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to turn to two places. Psalm chapter 103 and John chapter 10. And while you're turning there, uh, you may have noticed that my wife, uh, Pastor Susie, is not here with us this morning. Um, For those of you that don't know, she actually uh, launched the chaplaincy program for the city of Fitchburg a few years back. Um, for the police and the fire departments. And so this today is 9-11, and there is a memorial service and a memorial uh, opening, a, a ribbon cutting that she is leading the prayer and invocation at. And so uh, there's a lot of uh, the mayor is there, uh, the police are there. Um, she was recommended by the city of Fitchburg to lead this time of prayer over that ribbon cutting. And so how many of you know the truth needs to be out there, amen? And God, the good news needs to be proclaimed, and that's so. That's what she is doing this morning, and um, so be sure to be praying for her uh, and this morning. In fact, why don't we just do that right now? Why don't we just pray over her right now? Father, we just thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in this city. Lord, that you are the God of this city, that you want to bring life, that you want to bring truth, that you want to bring revival to this city. And Lord, we just stand in faith and in agreement together saying your will be done in that time. Lord, that you would open people's hearts to the good news. Lord, that your word would be heard. Lord, that your truth would be proclaimed and that you would anoint Pastor Susie for this time. Lord, that your spirit and your grace would be upon her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Psalm chapter 103. And we recently began a new series called Life to the Full. Everybody say that. Life to the Full. Now, I I feel like that is something that kind of gets thrown around quite a bit. Uh, you know, you know, five ways to do this better, five ways to be a better person, you know, 10 ways to be a better dad, right? Fill in the blank. You Google it, you'll find some things about how to be better, but we're not talking about life to the full as the world would talk about it, right? When the world talks about the good life, they talk about it in the ways of, of luxuries and comfort, right? And when you look at life today, I mean, how would you define life to the full. Because right now, I know that there's things that are on our minds, right? There's things that we see happening in our world. And we're like, man, if, if just, if we could only see this get fixed, right? Or man, if I could just make enough money to offset inflation, right? Or if I could just, you know, have a good enough job where I can go on vacation once or twice a year, right? What is the good life? Well, how many of you know Jesus made it very clear about what the good life is and what it means to live the good life as believers? Amen. 
And so we've been in this, John chapter 10, verse 10. And I would like for us to read this together out loud. We're going to have it up on screen, but let's just fill this atmosphere with the word of God this morning. This is Jesus speaking, and he says in John 10, 10, let's read this out loud together. Ready, go. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And so we've been talking about this over the last few weeks and notice that there are multiple agendas that Jesus is talking about in this verse. Number one, there is a thief whose sole purpose and priority is to steal from you and to destroy your life. But notice Jesus is coming with this counter agenda to say, no, but I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. I don't know about you, but that's good news, right? It does. I don't know what you're going through or what you're experiencing or what your concerns are. But how many of you know Jesus has said, I have come to bring life to you today. Amen. I have come that you may have life. Now, we know that this includes eternal life. And we spent the first few weeks talking about that. But there are also benefits for our lives Today, And that's why I've had you turn to Psalm chapter 103. And we're going to read verses 1 through 8. And listen to what the psalmist says in Psalm chapter 103. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Notice the psalmist here is talking to himself and he's saying, Listen, I need to remind myself... To bless the Lord. How many of you know sometimes it's easy to forget the benefits that the Lord has given us? And sometimes we forget that we need to be blessing and thanking him. And this is what the psalmist is saying. He's saying, rise up, soul, rise up. It doesn't matter how I'm feeling. It doesn't matter what I'm seeing. He's saying, rise up and bless the Lord. You see, when we forget the benefits the Lord has for us, we don't bless him. But when we remember his benefits, how many of you know, we will want to bless the Lord. Amen. So he says, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. This is what we talked about last week. Verse four, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercies. And so last week we spent some time talking about how he forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. And what we're going to look at today is verses four and five. And it says this, who redeems your life from destructions. How many of you know that is a benefit? He redeems your life from destruction. We're going to talk about that. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. Today we're talking about how he rescues and provides. He rescues and provides. I want you to notice what it starts off with. Verse 4, 
The first part says, who redeems your life from destruction. Didn't we just read in John chapter 10, 10, that this is why Jesus came? Jesus came, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. How many of you know Jesus is saying, no, I have come to redeem your life from destruction. Amen. This is one of the benefits of why Jesus came. He came to redeem your life from the destruction that the enemy is trying to bring to our lives. Well, what does that look like? What is the destruction that he tries to bring? And we talked about how the greatest salvation that Jesus brought to us, the greatest redemption is how he redeemed us from sin and death. How many of you are thankful that he redeemed us? This is the biggest benefit, right? This is, we're talking about life forever with him because Jesus came to redeem us from sin and death. And so in other words, those who believe in him and make Jesus the Lord of their life, if you have done that, you receive this benefit. Titus chapter 2 verse 13 says, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. In other words, Jesus saw that people were destined and doomed for destruction. And he came to redeem us from that. He came so that we could have life. He gave his life so that we could be redeemed from sin and death. If you, if you're happy about that, say amen. Amen. But another reason thing that Jesus redeems us from is he redeems us from disaster. Everybody say disaster. You know, I remember growing up in the church and my dad, I was a, I was a PK. I was a pastor's kid. And so I was hearing all the good things. And one thing that I remember my dad said that really stood out to me was he said, if you could, if, if, sometimes if we could just see what our life would be like without Jesus, all of the destruction, all the consequences, all the things that he saves us from, I think we would immediately fall to our knees and begin to give thanks. And I just thought about that for a little bit. And I remember growing up, I remember there was a time where I was in high school and I, I, you know, I, I was, I was not who I was today, right? There was things that I hadn't learned. There was things that I didn't know. I loved God. I had given my life to him, but there was struggles, right? There was things that I was wrestling with as a teenager. Life is difficult for teenagers. Can we just agree to that? I mean, it is difficult right now. And I just remember growing up and I I was, I was an athlete. So I was in the locker room. I was hearing all the talking and the perverse talk and the demeaning things that were being said. And how many of you know, even though I wasn't like, oh yeah, I agree with that. It still gets in your ears and it still just gets these roots. You know what I'm talking about? And I remember this one time I was, uh, I went out on this, on this date and I had taken this girl out and, you know, it was one of those situations where it was like, uh, where everybody tries to set you up with somebody, right? And, and I, I was really not the kind of guy to just date to date, right? Like I was just like, I'm, I got other things to do, right? And so I was not concerned about that, but I kind of was like, I felt like this obligation and, and I think she was looking forward to it. And so I was like, fine, we'll go and I'll take you to this place and we'll go get some food and go to a movie or something, right? And so I remember being on this date and I remember that there was this, uh, this willingness on her end to go further and to do things that 
I knew was not right. You guys know what I mean? Like there was this, there was this desire and a willingness and I could just sense that there was almost like a spirit of lust. And I didn't really know what it was at the time, but I knew that I was in trouble because you see, there was a lot of, not only was it temptation, there was pressure to conform to what everybody else was doing. There was pressure to conform and to do things that I knew was not right. And I remember being at that date and I was like, Oh crap. Right? Like I was like, this is not good. Like I knew that there was trouble and that if I would entertain these things, that I was not in a place. I loved God, but I was not in a place to overcome this situation. You guys know what I mean? It was a tough situation and there was opportunities that were, I knew were contrary to what God had for me, but there was a real pull. And I remember I, I almost panicked, right? And I was like, I just need to like, like sabotage this date, right? Like I need to be the worst date that I can be and get out of here, like be done and get out. And so, you know, I kind of was trying to like self-sabotage and like keep it at bay and push it away. And I didn't want to like just leave and be too rude. I was trying to walk this fine line, right? And just kind of make it clear like, hey, we're not, not interested in doing anything. But I remember I was just like, man, there is something more to this situation than just two people being together. There is a spirit at work. There was something at play. And I, I didn't know that at the time, but I felt there was this force. And I remember going to my dad just a few days later and I, I ended up coming home and I was just like, man, I, I, I don't know what to do. And, and I, cause I know this opportunity would still be available. And I remember going to my dad and I was just like, dad, have you been praying for me? And he goes, actually, yeah. He's like, I was praying for you just a couple of nights ago that God would keep you from the plan of the enemy because he is out to, to, to cause destruction in your life. And I was like, how many, see, I was like that something when he said that clicked and I was like, it just reaffirmed that is not what God has for me right? That compromise, that, that sin, that, that action, stepping into those things, that is not what God has for me. And how many of you know, he didn't know exactly what I was going through in that moment, but the Holy Spirit was alerting him to call out for, to God on my behalf because I wasn't calling out to God myself, right? But who knows what kind of consequences can happen when we fall for the plans of the enemy, I mean, just think of the things. I, I don't think this was just about being saved from a broken heart. I'm talking about life-altering consequences that end up really shaping and changing the trajectory of God's purposes and plans for your life. You know what I mean? I don't know about you, but I am so thankful that we serve a God who redeems us and rescues us from destruction. Amen? I mean, who knows the kinds of things? I remember, I'll just say one more quick story. I I remember when I I had just gotten my license, I was driving some some of my teammates. We were going to a game. I guess we didn't have a budget for a team bus or something. But I remember we were all carpooling, and I was driving to a high school. And I remember we started racing. You know what I mean? And this is... If you are new drivers or going to be a new driver, do not do this because this changed me. It sobered me. And I remember we start like kind of racing and see who could get to the school first. 
And I remember there was an intersection. Someone was turning left and there was a car stopped straight and the light turned green. And I just went as fast as I could and blew through that. And I kid you not, I feel like I supernaturally passed through the vehicles. I was so close to hitting them. And I was just like, everybody was like, we were all, everybody was silent. And then we got through and everybody was like, oh my goodness, like we need to stop, right? Like it was so close to, it was not a slow miles per hour, okay? This was not good. It was not safe. How many of you know, though, even in our foolishness, he rescues us. He saves us from disaster. It doesn't give us permission to be reckless, but how many of you know in his goodness, he covers us and he protects us and he saves us from disaster, from destruction. I became a much better driver after those moments. You know, it's one of those things. The goodness of God is what leads us to repentance. And when you realize, man, God just saved me. He just saved me from something. How many of you know that sobers you and all of a sudden it's like, no, I gotta, I gotta do things a little bit differently. I can't be reckless like that anymore. He saves us. He redeems us from disaster. But how many of you know Jesus also came to redeem us from sickness? We looked at this scripture last week out of Matthew chapter nine, verse two through nine, and we're going to go right back to it. But it says, this is when Jesus healed the lame man. It says, and behold, some people brought to Jesus a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. Now, there's debate on why Jesus started there, why he had to forgive sins before he brought the healing. But we talked about it last week. You know, not every sickness is a result of sin. Okay. But in this case, there was sin in this man's life that needed to get taken care of before Jesus could bring healing, okay? And so in this situation, Jesus was saying, no, no, I've come to bring healing to your body. I've come to redeem you from sickness that is destroying your life. But before we start there, we need to get this sin issue in order. Aren't you thankful that Jesus knows where our starting point is? You know, sometimes I think we look at people around us and we are so quick to judge their opinion or judge their immaturity. How many of you know you can be right, but you can be wrong, right? You can speak truth, but you're wrong. And Jesus never would just start with truth. He was full of truth and grace. And he saw this man and he wanted to bring redemption to his life, healing to his body. But Jesus knows what we need most. And so he looks at this man and he says, take heart. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Jesus needed to get this man in a position to receive what Jesus was about to bring. I love how Jesus knows how to get us in the right place, in the right position. And we think, I just need healing. I just need healing. But how many of you are thankful we serve a God who sees us and knows what we really need all the time? Amen? Did he want healing for this man? Yes, he did. But he had to start with this first. And so he says, take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, this man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, rise and walk. In other words, Jesus is saying, God wants to redeem you from your sins, but he also wants to redeem you from your sickness. Jesus wants, how many know God wants both? 
He wants both. He wants us to receive all the benefits. He wants us to receive all the promises. Amen? And I, I don't know about you, but I, I don't like half portions. I want the full portion. Amen? So he says, which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sin, sins. He, he then said to the paralytic, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and went home. In other words, this man was no longer paralyzed. This man whose life was being destroyed by this sickness now had been redeemed from the sickness that was destroying his life. And listen, I don't know what kind of destruction has been happening in your life, but I want you to be clear who it is that redeems your life from destruction. And his name is Jesus. He is the one. And right now there's a lot of opinions and there's a lot of truths out there that will say, yeah, but you can also look at this. You can also do that. We live in a culture where many people in the church and many people in the body are have a Jesus and theology. Where I, you can serve Jesus and do this. You can serve Jesus and do this. Yes, Jesus heals, but this does too. No, no, no. How many of you know true healing comes from him and from him alone? Amen. He is our healer. He redeems us from destruction. Jesus also redeems us from financial disaster. Somebody say amen. Psalm 34 verse 6 says, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. So notice, there's, here's a poor man, and what did he do? He began to cry out to the Lord. You know, sometimes we need to humble ourselves and cry out to the Lord. What is our first response when disaster comes to our life, when destruction, when the enemy tries to bring destruction to our lives? You know, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be real transparent. My first reaction usually is, how can I fix this? What can I do? But I want you to notice what really proved to bring redemption and life to this man this poor man humbled himself and cried out to the Lord. You know, as I was praying over this time, I felt like the Lord was saying, there's some of you that need to start crying out to me again. Maybe you've stopped crying out to the Lord for whatever reason. Maybe there was disappointment. Maybe there was unmet expectations that you had for God. Maybe, maybe there was just, you, you just, the, the, the fire and the passion went out because you haven't been giving Him the proper attention and the proper place in your life. But whatever the reason is, I believe the Lord is saying, start crying out to me again. Why? Because when you cry out, I will answer you. When you cry out, how many of you know he is so good to us? He came to redeem us from destruction, from disaster, that if we will humble ourselves and begin crying out to the Lord, he's so good, he will answer. Amen. Psalm 18 verse 3 says, I call upon the Lord. I call upon the Lord. Everybody say that. I call upon the Lord. Let's put the emphasis on my part. Say, I call upon the Lord. Let's say it again. I call upon the Lord. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Notice, and I am saved 
from my enemies. How many of you know God redeems us from every enemy when we seek him? Amen. It's time to start calling on the Lord. It's time to start calling on the Lord. 4B says, who crowns you with loving kindness. This is the second part of Psalm 103, verse 4. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Notice, he came to to rescue and provide. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercy. I love the picture there. Who crowns you? He crowns you. What does that mean? He is putting something on your life. He is putting something on you. He's intentional about this. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. You know, I, 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 I had a good, good laugh recently. My wife went to the dentist and all of a sudden I see this notification in our shared calendar and it says, Susie's queen ordination. And I was like, what? And I asked her about it. I'm like, what is this, what is this event here? The Susie's queen ordination. And she's like, oh, didn't you hear? I'm becoming royalty. I'm getting a, a tooth crown. And I'm like, well, that's one way to put it. How many of you know that's not the kind of crown the Bible's talking about here? Right? She's like, no, I'm becoming a queen. I'm like, that's how I'm choosing to see it. I'm like, man, that's, that's rough, right? It says he crowns us. What does that mean? It means that God esteems you. He values you. That this is an, 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 that you are important to him. And notice what it is that he crowns us with. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. That word tender mercies is the Hebrew word raham, which means compassion. And love. Aren't you so thankful that when you come against hard situations or there is difficulty in your life, God sees you and He has compassion? You know, I, I'm so glad that God isn't a God who just sees us, fixes it, and then leaves. No, no, no. He He sees us and he crowns us with compassion. It's not just a quick show of compassion where he helps and then he's gone. He puts his compassion on us. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. That word loving kindness is a powerful word. It's the word hesed, which literally means a covenant loyalty and mercy. This isn't just a normal mercy. This is where God is saying, no, no, no. If you've received what I have done and you've received the life that I've made available to you, God is saying, I have committed myself to be merciful to you. I must. I have obligated myself. Why? Because you chose to serve the Lord. How many of you know he has obligated himself and swore in the blood of his son that I will have mercy on you? He will have mercy on you. All we need to do is call out to him. Call out to him. Humble ourselves and call out to him. Amen. And then verse five is, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Isaiah chapter one, verse 19 says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. You know what I love about that scripture is that it doesn't it doesn't have anything to do with the land that you're in. He says, 
if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land you're in. That land, whatever is good, you will eat of that. And so if you are willing and obedient, whatever land you live in, you will eat the good things of it. Why? Because he satisfies your mouth with good things. You know, when God promises that he's going to provide for you, how many of you know it doesn't mean that you have to scrounge and and scourge and dig, right? That you have to be limiting. I remember when I was in college, I remember I was on a steady diet of ramen noodle soup, right? Like I ate that stuff all the time because I had bills to pay, right? I had tuition to pay. I I had recently gotten married. And so we had an apartment, right? And I was just starting off life and I was going to school full time. And I I thank the Lord that I had a good job and that he apparently made me good at sales because I could sell things and work very little and get enough income for us to just be right. And I, but I remember I was like, man, I'm just going to eat ramen. Why? Because it's cheap. And it's pretty good, right? Like it tastes pretty good. And I remember I was going and I was eating ramen almost every day for like a month. And I remember all of a sudden I could barely close my hand. And I was like, what is going on? Like, what is the deal? And there was so much salt and all that I was intaking was salt and sodium. It tastes good, but my hands swelled up and I was like, oh, this isn't good, right? Like I'm not eating the, the good things. And I just remember, I was like, I'm going to go to the grocery store and buy some vegetables, right? And just cook some veggies. And I remember going to the grocery store, I'm like, how much are green beans, right? Like, like it was so much more. But how many of you know, there was no lack. There was nothing wrong. There, there was, this was not a problem. This was a me thing. How many of you know, I was doing what God had called me to do. I was going to school to be a minister, to pursue God's plan for my life. And how many of you know, when we are willing and obedient to what God has asked us to do, he provides for our needs. Amen. Let me tell you, there was all, there was zero impact to our bottom line when I started eating the good things and my body was thanking me for it. Right. And my mind was thanking me for it because I could actually think properly and I had proteins and stuff like that I actually needed and not just ramen noodle soup. I don't know how often, but sometimes we can come into this poverty mindset where we hold on, where we do less, where we aren't walking in faith. Maybe we're giving less. Maybe we're, we're trusting the Lord less. And I would say to you, no, no, no. The Bible says if you are willing and obedient, if you give to him your first, if you honor him, if you, if you give generously to others, you will eat the good of the land. Notice it's not dependent on the government. It doesn't matter what country. It doesn't matter if you're in a first world country or a third world country. No, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Amen? He rescues and he provides. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So what is the Lord saying to us today? He's saying, don't forget my benefits. Don't forget my benefits. I have a good life for you. Amen. You know, this weekend I I had this powerful moment. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I coach my youngest son's uh, football team. And that was something that I always would like to do. And how many of you know, it's kickoff weekend, right? This is like one of the best times of the year. I woke up this morning and it was like, felt like fall and it was raining 
and I just wanted to stay in bed forever, right? Like, I love that combination, the rain and the coolness. I love it. I just love listening to the rain. And then, but then I went down and I had my coffee and I was just listening to the rain, right? And I'm just, that's like my happy place. And it's football. It's a good time of year, right? And I just remember, I would, I would always say, like, if, if the Lord hadn't called me to ministry, I would be a football coach. Like, guaranteed. Like, it is what I would do. So I actually coach my youngest son's football team. And great group of kids. Love it. Well, I also coach my oldest son's football team a few years back. He is now a junior in high school, and he's on the varsity football team. And, and so I coached their team a few years back. Well, it was such a cool moment because... On Thursday, the varsity football team came down to the youth football team in Verona, and we all got together, and the varsity team practiced with the team that I'm now coaching. And it was this awesome moment of, like, seeing these kids that I coached just a few years ago and the co- kids that I'm coaching now and, and them coming together. And it, you could see that there, the legacy that was being left behind and the, the positive things. And, and you know, it, it's one of those things. I, I really do treat those opportunities as a part of the mission of what God has given me, where I can demonstrate his goodness, his grace, and his favor. And you saw them come together and tell them the similar stories, these these kids that I used to coach with, these younger kids and and um Isaac got the, to experience football drills with his brother, and his brother really wanted to show him who the top dog was, so that was a fun, a few fun moments. But I, I was just so thankful in that moment because I just saw God's goodness and how he has continued to bless, to provide. And not only is, how many of you know the good life isn't about what I can get? It's about what I can give to others. And I saw that, I saw that legacy. I saw those things that God, those subtle ways that God has worked in the lives of various young people that I've been able to interact with, that I've been able to love and just approach things a little differently than maybe some of the other coaches or different people that are in their lives. I look at some of the kids and I'm like, man, they look at, they really do look at me as a father figure. Why? Because I'm stable, because I'm encouraging them, because I'm speaking life into them. How many of you know the good life is not what we can get? It's what we can give. And I believe that the Lord is saying, I want you to reopen your eyes to the benefits that I've made available to you. Why? Because not only does God want you to receive those benefits, he wants you to begin pouring them and declaring them to other people. So when you see someone who has a sickness that you would come to them and tell them the goodness, you know, God has come. Jesus came so that you could have healing in your body. And maybe we got to get some things worked out, right? Maybe we got to get some spiritual things worked out, but I'm going to pray healing over you and we're going to stand in faith that Jesus is going to bring healing to your life. How many of you know that's the good life? When we start proclaiming the good news and the promises of God and we start seeing him making impact in the lives of others. Amen. 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 God is good. He's good. And he has a good life. For us, not only do we need to know about it, but we got to press into these things. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand together, and we're going to close our time this morning. I'm going to invite David to come up, and he's going to close us with a song. But I just want to pray over you this morning, and wherever you're at today, that you would know Jesus has life for you. So, can we just respond and receive that life today? Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, we come to you and we humble ourselves before you today. 
Lord, I'm standing on your word today. Lord, we're calling out to you today. Lord, that you would redeem our lives from destruction. And Lord, I pray over every person here who finds themselves in a bind or who has found themselves in a serious situation. And in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you will deliver them them out of sickness, that you are delivering people out of debt and financial uh, pressures. Deliver them, Lord, out of bad relationships, out of wicked life, lifestyles and addictions. And Lord, I pray that you would crown them with your loving kindness and with tender mercies. Lord, that you would bless them because they are willing and obedient. They will eat the good of the land. And if you're here today and you're in, you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm just going to invite that we would all pray this together, that we would pray this out loud. Just repeat after me in a voice loud enough for the person next to you to hear. But if you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, let's just pray this. Say, Jesus, I receive what you did for me on the cross. You paid for my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of unrighteousness. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. And make me the person you've called me to be. From this day forward, I call myself a believer. A follower of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on. Let's just continue to receive from the Lord this morning and let's just lift our voice to him. Let's humble ourselves. Let's cry out to the Lord and let's just receive his promises to us. Let's just go ahead. Let's go ahead and do that. This morning.
Lord, I just pray, Lord, right now over every person, Lord, where there is destruction, where the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that your word says you will rebuke the devourer for our sake. Lord, that you are with us, and if you are for us, who can be against us? That you are the name above every other name. And at your name, every knee should bow. And so, Lord, we just come into agreement. We stand on your word today and we say, Lord, be glorified in my life. Be lifted high in my life. Lord, that you would move and do whatever you want to do so that you would receive all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. And Lord, we also just stand on your word and we declare that you would be lifted high in this city, that you would be lifted high in our nation, that you would be lifted high in this world. Lord, that your truth will reign. Lord, that you will reign above all, that you are the King of Kings. And so Lord, we just release truth in the name of Jesus. We push back the darkness in the name of Jesus. We speak against confusion in Jesus' name. And we break that assignment, Lord, that is in the church. But we break that assignment that is at work in our nation. We break confusion. We break darkness. We come against it in the mighty name of Jesus. And we speak truth. We speak that your light would shine brightly in the name of Jesus. Lord, your word says that darkness will cover the people and deep darkness, but you will arise over us. And so, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would do a work in us, Lord, to be the light, to shine brightly in these times and in this day, in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you have come, that we might have life. And, yes, Lord, that does mean life with you forever, but, Lord, there's so much more. And Lord, I pray that there would be nothing in us that would keep us from the good things that you have prepared for us. And Lord, if there is adjustments, Lord, that you would open our eyes to those things that need to be made in us. But Lord, today we stand in faith. We have hope because you are a good God who loves us. And we receive that today in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen, 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 amen. How many of you are have received from the Lord this morning? Amen. Let's do this real quick. We're gonna we're gonna be dismissed, but before you leave, tell someone before you leave how God has been good to you, and then you are dismissed. We'll see you next Sunday at ten o'clock. And don't forget, if you are interested in groups or you want to join a group or lead a group, be sure to come to our group meeting next Sunday after service. Uh, one quick announcement before we leave. Uh, we did find a women's ring in the women's restroom. And so if that belongs to you, Kristen, could you raise your hand? Uh, just talk to Kristen. She has that for you. Uh, otherwise, you're dismissed. We love you and we'll see you guys next week. God bless. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Chapel Valley Church. We want to hear from you, so please take a moment to share your story by emailing us at info at chapelvalley.org. We hope you stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching Chapel Valley Church. You can also stay updated by visiting our website, chapelvalley.org.